to the Marathon Medic podcast. My name's Amy and I'm a junior doctor and running coach with an interest in sports and exercise medicine. On this podcast episode, we're talking about triathlon. At the end of this month, I have my first triathlon in the New Forest and honestly, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to chat to somebody with much more experience and knowledge than me and to ask all my triathlon related questions. So I'm very lucky to be joined by Becky Hare. Becky is a physiotherapist and triathlete and she's kindly sharing her top tips for both triathlon training and things to do on event day itself. Hi Becky, thanks so much for joining me today and hopefully uh, answering all my questions that I have about triathlons. Hello, good morning. Um, Yes, I hope I can. I really hope I can. I've got a bit (laughs) of experience in triathlon. (laughs) Yeah, uh, would you mind just explaining to everyone listening exactly uh, who you are, your background and also how you got into triathlons as well? Yeah. Um, so, hi, I'm Becky. I am a, oh, my, my intro is always like really long. I'm a physiotherapist with a background in personal training um, and a triathlete. Well, I was a triathlete for many years after being a swimmer. And now I do lots of running and cycling. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. And actually, that's interesting because I think most people go into triathlons with swimming as their weakness. But I'm guessing you went in with swimming as your strong point. Yeah, I'd grown up, I grew up in um, Newcastle up north and um, yeah, the swimming pool was like two minutes around the corner. So I think that's kind of why I ended up doing that because it was very easy for mum and dad to just drop me at the pool and leave me there for a few hours on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, swimming was always the one. I was never like national standard. Like I think people always think like, oh, you must have been really good. And I wasn't. I just kind of enjoyed swimming and kind of stuck with it and it was close by and easy. Um so I was probably like just short of county level when I was like a junior. Um, yeah, went into swimming in triathlon and suddenly found this whole world of swimming in a lake, which was like the scariest thing I'd ever done at the time. So, yeah, but it comes, doesn't it? You know, with a bit of practice and various friends kind of holding my hand and pulling me around the lake, <laughs> kind of had to get better at it. <laughs> and how long ago was it that you did your first triathlon? Oh, so I got into triathlon when I started my physiotherapy degree. I basically swam all through my teens through my first degree um, at Newcastle University and did physiology there. Um, And then kind of just got a bit bored of swimming and getting up at six o'clock in the morning all the time and spending all Saturdays, you know, by a poolside doing galas. So got into triathlon at Birmingham Uni in 2013, I believe. Oh, that sounds really long ago, doesn't it? It was like eight years ago, Jesus. Um, Yeah, and I basically fell into it. Like my dad's a cyclist and I'd got into doing some, I'd got bored of swimming, I got into doing some spin bike sessions and I'd done the Great North Run when I was finishing my first degree. And that was just, you know, recreational kind of running to raise money for Alzheimer's because my my gran was poorly. Um, And then, you know, quite enjoyed the running and was like oh I'm not dreadful you know I did under two hours and I sort of didn't really train for it I was like oh this is not bad um and then somebody said oh you should, you'd, you'd be good at triathlon you should have a go and then had a go and was like oh my god I'm hooked like there's so much I want to learn and and just went from there really so yeah so triathlons obviously have lots of technical components and I think that's why I'm a bit worried about it and thought I'd have a chat with you before I do my first one in a month. So I was wondering before we go into exactly how a triathlon should be done, if you had any uh, stories or big mistakes from your early triathlon days that you'd be able to share. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, there's so many. And well, we only learn from our mistakes, don't we? So I always think, you know, you've got to make a few mistakes to kind of figure it out for the next one that you do. Um, One of my favourites was definitely running out of transition with my helmet still on because I'd been so worried about taking it off at the wrong point or putting it on at the wrong point. Um, Yeah, ran out into the run and then was like, oh, I've still got a helmet on. Better better go back and chuck it back in my little box. Um, And then the other one, like little things like just the basic prep so my the swims are usually like you get in off a pontoon into the lake and then you swim um and there was one that I turned up to and I hadn't looked and it was a beach start where you had to run into the water and then kind of have this special kind of dive which obviously I'd never practiced before obviously did not even read the info about the swim um, so yeah, turned up and just you know, promptly kind of belly flopped into the water and just sort of just an absolutely dreadful start. Had no idea what was going on, and everybody was like, "What is this girl doing?" <laughs> so yeah, they're probably my top two. <laughs> I think that that kind of can put people off a little bit as well, can't they? All the rules and each event is so different. Yeah. When someone's maybe choosing their first triathlon, do you have any advice about? how to go about choosing that event, whether it's the terrain or, as you mentioned, where you're swimming or the distances, because there's so many options out there. It can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the best ones that I often do with the people that I sort of help coach is try like a pool triathlon first. Often there's like a local one um, nearby. The pool ones are a little bit less daunting. You can usually go and check out the pool beforehand so that at least you kind of know what the pool side looks like and stuff. And um, the thing with pool triathlons often is you'll either get in your lane and you'll do, say, your 16 lengths, say your 400 metres or so. um, And you can do those 16 lengths within your lane up and down and you just get out and walk off the poolside out the door at the edge and down to transition that way but sometimes they make you do it like a snake across the pool so say you've got eight lanes you'll do two lane two lengths in lane one duck under the lane rope and then do two lengths in lane two and then so on and so forth they're going across the pool to then bring you out closer to the door so that's another thing that's kind of worth knowing about because otherwise you turn up and you're expecting that you're just going up and down for 16 lengths and there's this whole extra shenanigans you've got to do um same kind of thing I suppose with the lake as well you know a lot of local lakes that are kind of triathlon type areas will now do things like a go try um sort of it's like a tiny mini one where you often get in swim maybe 100 or 200 meters in the lake and then it's just a, ch- a chance really to practice a bit of a transition kind of get used to all the swing of things and you're not going to be there hours often they're really short about half an hour or so um and they can be really really good practices just to kind of get you you know, dip your toe in the water and um, and just be around people that are all really new to it around. And, the, the, you know, there's loads of marshals at those kinds of things and they'll help you out the water. They'll explain where to go. You know, all those things that, that you're kind of worried about that can really, really help with. So a go try is definitely the way to go um, and practice, you know, controlling the controllable. So if you want, if you're a bit worried about the swim, go and find the lake that you might be swimming in and then go and have a go in that one um, or go and try and find the pool that you might be swimming in. And, and again, just kind of go and sort of suss it out a little bit before the before the big day. And you mentioned transitions there, which again, I think are another source of like massive anxiety. Um, oh, yeah. What are, because there's obviously two transitions within the in within the event. So would you mind just walking us through what the transitions are and how I guess that can be recreated so that yeah. people can practice them at home and be as prepared as possible. Of course. And oh my God, this is like a whole other one hour session in itself. Um, 
So transitions, you have got your swim, you come out of the swim, and then you're going to go out on your bike. So the the bit in between that is called T1, so transition one. So within your transition one, you need to somehow get your wetsuit or your hat and goggles off, and you need to prepare and get ready to go out on your bike. Um, The main rules are, and like this is it in its kind of simplest terms, is don't ever touch your bike unless you've got your helmet on. So if you are coming out of the water, take your wetsuit off, get your goggles and hat off. Again, that's something else I've done wrong. I actually tried to put my helmet on on top of my hat and goggles, which just obviously was never going to work. Um, so take those off, put your helmet on, do it up, and then think about putting your bike shoes on and then going out um, to go out on the bike. And then the second kind of rule of thumb, again, is there's a a line as you come out of the transition area, and that is called the mount or the dismount line. So it'll be a line on the floor. There'll always be a marshal there. And it's basically if you're going out of transition, you must get over this line before you can then jump on your bike and go off and do your bike course. Um, And then that leads us quite nicely, actually, into transition two. So when you've finished your bike, you come back and you encounter this line again and you must get off your bike before coming back into transition. So basically, the long and short of it is you must almost always have your helmet on when you're touching your bike and you must not ride your bike around transition. So the end of the transition zone is that mount or dismount line. So you just make sure you get on the bike after the line or get off your bike before the line, before you come back into transition two. Um, And when you come back in from transition two, you're coming back in from the bike and you're about to go out on the run. That is your time to start thinking, right, I've got to get back and put my bike on the rack in my area. And then I need to take my helmet off. I'm no longer touching my bike, so I can take my helmet off and then put your running shoes on and go out on the run. Um, It's worth noting, I suppose, that sometimes um, the transition area is like a big square. So you might come in from the swim in one corner. You might go out on the bike from another corner of the square. You might come back in from the bike on another corner, go out on the run on another corner. So you kind of need to know like the directions that you'll be coming in on because you can get really disorientated when there's lots of racks with lots of bikes on about, hang on, which direction am I going through? Um, And one of the top tips that I say to people is is check that before you even turn up to the race um, and walk through that transition. So like you said, yeah, you can practice at home, you know, taking that wetsuit off, putting your bike shoes on and your helmet and then walking out with your bike. And again, you can practice coming back in from your bike and doing all the little mini taking off your helmet and putting your bike run shoes on and going out but when you get there on the day walk it through so walk yourself from the corner that you come in from the swim and and so on and so forth just so you kind of orientate yourself so you know exactly where your bike is going to be right okay when I come in from the swim my bike's going to be on the left hand side that's where I should be looking for it and vice versa if you're coming in from different different points it's quite simple if you can think about like having a bird's eye view over transition but it's still very intimidating I get that you know there's so many things to think about yeah all the rules make sense but then I'm thinking if you're if you're tired you're a bit stressed you're wet you're trying to pull off wetsuits I can imagine it all gets crazy especially if you're kind of new to triathlon yeah definitely yeah well thank thank you for clarifying all of those rules I think actually now would be a good point to actually just go through some of the kit 
that you need for these events because as you mentioned sometimes you have a wetsuit for the swim and then you're taking that off and presumably having for most people a tri suit underneath so would you mind just yeah. running through exactly what kit someone uh, needs to do a triathlon it doesn't need to be kind of kit for doing Ironmans but just the basic kit for kind of initial first triathlons yeah, I've got um I've actually got a list that I can send you, Amy. So if you want to put that on the site or whatever with this podcast, you can have it. Um the the basically you obviously need your bike, your bike shoes, your running shoes. They are like the three things that should be at the top of your list. Um oh, and your wetsuit, obviously, to get through whatever this but depends on what the swim is like. Um the extra kind of bonanza bits I suppose for triathlon that people might not have the first thing would be a race belt and it's basically a kind of um it's just a clip on a bit of elastic and it will have some way of attaching your race number onto it so most of the time and I would always advise just leave that in transition when you go into the swim you'll have your number written on your hand or your ankle usually in permanent marker um or you'll have some kind of wristband um, you'll do your swim and when you come back out and into transition your race belt will have your kind of paper number on it and that's when you want to just um, I often would put it on the floor and it's all done up in the size that I need it on the elastic just step my feet into it and then just pull it up and around my waist so you need your race belt and you'll obviously have your number attached to that while I'm talking about race belts it's worth knowing um, obviously wherever you are in your triathlon in your bike or your run the commissaire so the people that are kind of um, the, the rule people I suppose they need to see your number so if you're on the bike your number needs to be on the back so that's why you have this belt so you can twizzle it round and then if you're running they can obviously see you from the front so you need your race number on the front so you twizzle your number around so that your number is on the front and they will remind you of that as you run out of transition and stuff so just sort of make note of it um again that's something that most of us forget so you might get halfway around the run and somebody's going turn your number around and you think oh god yeah i didn't think about that i would also say a little towel or something so that you can then have that towel next to your bike in that transition area so it's really obvious which one's your bike you know i bought a bright blue towel um and even if you've got a black bike you're looking for the bright blue towel on the floor with your green trainers or whatever on top that's really helpful and you can also use it to kind of dry your feet off if you're doing a triathlon where you might want to put socks on and stuff other helpful things probably i would say the next most helpful thing is your nutrition so some kind of um gel or just even if you want to put your gel in water squeeze it out into the water um and make sure that that's on your bike so you can have something to eat and drink um while you're on the bike and then that kind of gives you fuel for when you're running because often despite us thinking we're kind of sprint distance athletes when we're doing a sprint triathlon it's still an endurance event it's still around an hour or so for most people so you know you still need something to have whilst you're out there um you can have all the sort of fancy techie things if you want a bike computer, um, run watch, all that stuff, but you don't really need in most of the short distance stuff. You don't need it to kind of get around the course because it should be really well marshaled and signposted. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. I would just say make sure that you've got your race belt. That's usually the things people don't have beforehand and make sure you've got your kind of kit for each sort of set session of the triathlon. Um, try suit for ladies or men to be honest um it's probably the other thing to to invest in um but to be honest you can do it you know i 
you know, I did mine in a, a pair of running shorts and then just had like a sports bra and a top on in my first one. And then as you get a bit more into it, you kind of notice that the tri suits are helpful because they've got a little bit of padding um, that can just be a bit more comfortable on the bike. Sometimes if it's a really cold day or if it's really wet, having a base layer or something. Um, to keep you warm in transition could be helpful to put on because often you get quite cold on the bike and then you want something to kind of um, just keep you a little bit warmer so you're not freezing cold when you do get off and start um, to try and run for the last 5k or whatever. There's a few things I just wanted to pick up on that. One of them was um, the nutrition that you mentioned. So would you recommend Mm. just taking that whilst you're on the bike? Obviously we can't take nutrition in when we're swimming um, but do you leave that purely for the bike section and don't don't worry when you're running or do some people take things down during transition um if maybe they're not so worried about time so they don't have to be multitasking whilst yeah. on the bike what's your tips yeah whatever's kind of useful it depends on the de- distance that you're doing for the triathlon so i would always recommend taking something every 40 minutes so like just categorically because you've got to think forwards you've got to think right well in the bike I'm fueling for the run you know I would I usually used to have a gel just before the swim as well so that would kind of tie you over for the swim maybe get you through to the bike and then have something something pretty soon as soon as you've started on the bike Um, but yeah it will all very much depend on on yourself and how many calories and carbs you feel like you you need for the time that you're kind of out for um for the longer distance triathlon I did one half Ironman ever and I did take loads of gels out with me on the run on the run course just so that I could kind of fuel for the next 20 minutes or 40 minutes or so um and usually on a race belt they'll have that there's a little wiggle in the elastic and you can usually stuff your gels down in there or just pop it down if you're a lady you pop it down your sports bra good tip yeah. <laughs> um and then the other thing I wanted to ask about was socks do you wear socks? Um, obviously, you're going to come out of the water and your feet are wet and you're trying to get them into your cycling cleat. I'm guessing maybe different people do different things, but what do you do? Uh, never wore socks, ever. I've had many races where I've had really bad blisters, though. So, you know, so I think I was always kind of like, I was like, I'm not sitting down and putting socks on in, triathlon, in transition, but I was always like a sprint distance athlete. I literally did, yeah sprint distance tries or maybe a couple of olympic tries the one thing that really helped me with that if you do think no i'm trying to race it and i'm trying to kind of save the seconds you know because ultimately transition is like one of the best areas where you can overtake people you know i used to love it if i'd come out of transition like six seconds before somebody else because they're faffing around putting socks on I'd be like yes um if you don't wear socks put talc in your shoes so when you're setting up your kind of transition area put some talc in the bottom of your cycling shoes and in your running shoes so obviously when you're soaking wet the talc is just really helpful to kind of help get your feet into that shoe um, and it can stop getting blisters. If you do want to put socks on, get them out, put them the right way around and lay them on top of the shoes that you're going to be putting on in, in transition. Because again, that's a little bit of a sort of saver for, for time. Um, some triathlon shoes are built very cleverly. Um, I had some, oh, they're donkey's years old now, though, but the Innovate Tri extreme or something I think they were called and they were a bit more webbing on the top so when your feet are really wet the water doesn't just sit within the shoe it would kind of squished out from the side um, and they didn't have any seams inside which was really helpful so that really minimized blisters I probably only found those after a year or so of doing triathlon so you know again all these things like you can decide how much you want to do it dependent on a how much you want to spend because it's a ridiculously expensive sport or b like how seriously you want to take it and all that kind of stuff so yeah I kind of wouldn't recommend those for beginners because I think you've already spent enough money on entering a triathlon which is now about 80 quid yeah I recently entered one and then thought oh you know this is great and then looking at everything I had to get I didn't even have a wetsuit at that point 
So yeah, the money keeps stacking up. So I guess where you can cut corners just to start off yeah. with and see if you enjoy it, it's, it's worth doing. Another yeah. thing I had read about, so I've tried to do myself is um, Velcro cycling cleats. And uh, I've heard also about the elastic laces for running shoes. Oh, is that something you try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. Yes, triathlon laces are helpful. The, the one thing that has definitely caught me out is when you're practicing in those, because obviously you need to practice in everything that you're going to use on race day when you're doing your training. Um, and if you have been running in your triathlon trainers a week before and you've done them up and then you've just pulled your foot out at the end of that running session make sure when you're setting up your transition area to pull the elastic laces you know apart a little bit so there's a big hole for you to put your foot into um that's definitely something I got wrong once and my my foot was like dead for most of this um run and actually it was because the tongue of the shoe had just been like shoved down and under my toes and uh, I was basically running with like a numb foot for 5k which wasn't really helpful so yeah the triathlon transition laces are really good um and they just make it a little bit quicker as well but just make sure they're not too tight and stuff when you first put them on so I, I suppose in summary from everything we've discussed that transition zone and actually taking the time out when you arrive to the race to set it up perfectly and to familiarize yourself with yeah where to go is going to save you a lot of time on yeah. the, during the actual race. Yeah. And I often say to people, you know, okay, you might want to get there an hour before I'd add, to, uh, I'd, I'd add another 20 minutes on there because if you go into the transition zone will open, say you start at 8am, the transition zone will probably open at, I don't know, half six or seven or so, but you do want to be in transition you know, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, maybe just kind of putting your bike on the rack where you've been told to put it you know, laying your shoes out and your socks and putting the talc in and little things as well can really help. If you know it's a hilly course, make sure that your bike is in a like an easy gear bef- ready on the rack so that when you come out of transition, you're not going to have to think, oh God, I'm in the wrong gear and I've got to change gear and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, little things like that can be really, really helpful to you. Something I was going to say then, um, saving money in triathlon, like it's such an expensive sport. Um, when I did it, it was it was eight years ago, so it was still fairly expensive then. The best thing I I ever did was when I was in my local triathlon club, club, people would say, oh, do you want to borrow this or do you want to try this? Like, just take them up on every offer. You know, I hired a wetsuit for a couple of months and then somebody said, oh, I've got an old one. Do you want it secondhand? So I paid like 40 quid for that. I borrowed a bike. I borrowed race wheels. I borrowed like everything. So it's worth borrowing and just you know don't spend all the money because actually most people have got it's like it's like cycling you know you buy a bike and then you go oh actually I really like cycling so I want to buy a better bike most people have got a second-hand version of the first thing they ever had sitting there somewhere so it's always worth joining a club and just asking people if you can borrow stuff like definitely definitely do that I think that also gives you an opportunity to try things out as well before you spend a load of money on something that you don't actually know it's going to suit you yeah. And, and remember as well that often more money being spent doesn't always mean better bits of kit. It's about what works for you. You know, just because somebody's got a 600 pound wetsuit doesn't mean that they're the best swimmer ever. You know, it, it really doesn't. So long as you can get round in it and it's comfy and it fits, you know, if you've got a wetsuit that is two sizes too big for you and it's 600 quid wetsuit, you know that's not going to be any help to anybody it's going to just be filling up with water so it it is definitely worth just reminding yourself that you can do it a little bit cheaper you mentioned wetsuits there and I had a couple of questions about that any tips for 
Um, I guess actually a personal one that I've noticed recently is I've been trying to open water swim this week in my new wetsuit and had a lot of chafing around my neck. So I've been using Vaseline, which I'm not sure is the right thing to do, but it seems to have helped. Um, So any tips for kind of just comfort levels in your wetsuit and then also any tips for getting your wetsuit off quickly? Yes. And yes. Um, Yeah. So make sure that your wetsuit fits you is definitely like the best thing. So if you're looking for wetsuits and this will go out to any beginners, I guess, um, make sure you look at the size guide because quite often they'll have um, an indicator of what weight is equal to what size. So um, I've always had zone three wetsuits and they are fantastic. Um, And they will have a range on them. And if you are on the border of the range, I would say go smaller because the, the tighter the wetsuit, the less it's going to fill up with water. Um, so that will massively help in terms of comfort levels. Um, when you first get into the water, a good practice is to kind of pull the neck down. So that you want the water to flush through the wetsuit because it helps with a bit of buoyancy and it will just kind of sit a little bit better on, on the skin and around the shoulders and stuff. So that's quite a good tip. Um, the shoulders and like neck yes they can get really really rubbed so firstly I guess make sure it's kind of at the right level on your neck so it's pulled up properly if it's too low it'll be sitting and catching on your tri suit and stuff as well um what like vaseline bod baby oil I used to just put baby oil kind of all over my arms and legs and neck and everything um vaseline absolutely fine I I have no idea how some of these companies like body glide charge what they do for effectively Vaseline so you know I wouldn't worry some people will say oh yeah you know it breaks your wetsuit down that's rubbish I've never seen any wetsuit break down because of a bit of Vaseline on it um so yeah go cheap and cheerful and just make sure that kind of leads quite nicely in to when you're getting that wetsuit off if you've put loads of baby oil all over you then it's so much easier to get off um some people when they're coming out of transition from well out of the swim and they're running towards transition they'll be able to pull the zipper get it down and then start getting their arms out um the main thing is you pull the arm so the shoulder off and as you pull it down towards your hips try and pull your hand up and out and kind of reach up for the stars a bit like s club seven um so yeah like that's like as you pull down pull your arm up and out of it as well if you are using a wetsuit that you have bought for yourself or you own it the next thing that's really helpful is to chop the wetsuit which I know you feel like oh my god I'm gonna like cut off a hundred pounds worth of wetsuit or whatever often the wetsuit will have kind of a seam that goes to the mid forearm and then the bottom bit will be a bit of neoprene that's just kind of one block piece of material you can chop up to that seam so don't cut through the seam but you can usually chop off a couple of inches from the wrist up to mid forearm and if that's the case it is so much easier to get your hands out um and it's just not caught really close around your wrist um the other thought with that is if you cut it a little bit higher you actually feel the water better on your wrist so you can improve your stroke a little bit more because you've got the kind of feel of the water on your forearm um if you are somebody who does front crawl Um, And you can do the same, exactly the same on the legs as you would do for the arms. So you can chop the ankles up a couple of inches and just get rid of that bit of neoprene. All I say, yeah, is don't chop through a sort of seam of another panel. So, so long as it's kind of one piece, you'll see what I mean when you look at your own wetsuit. Most of them are now designed with that on it. Um, Yeah. So chopping the 
arms and legs, which feels awful, but it's really, really it makes it so much easier. Pull your arm up and out, reach up for the stars and then kind of pull it right down past your hips with both hands. So one hand on either hip. And you want to almost kind of squat down a little bit to get it over your bum. So you want to push down to your ankles with your hands and kind of keep your bum high so that it really just comes over your hips because that's where it's going to get stuck ultimately all of us are wider at our hips um so push down there and then go for one leg at a time push down onto the ankles with your um wetsuit and then pull your foot up and out and then focus on the other leg so if you watch any um transitions of the world tri series so like google Brownlee World Tri Series transition. There's really good examples there because they have to do the same. You know, they do still have wetsuit swims. So they're really good examples of just how to get out of that wetsuit super quick and practice it. I used to do it at home in my spare bedroom. I'd just put my wetsuit on and then take it off really quick and then time myself to do it. My other half used to think I was mad, but you know, when you get it down to like 12 seconds, you're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've been practicing a lot. And I think actually one of the things that I've noticed is my watch keeps getting caught because I record my swim so maybe cutting it is the thing to do but again as you said that that fills me with dread having to cut this brand new wetsuit I've just bought feels awful um yeah I never used to wear a watch to be honest I used to just I used to like the swim was the swim I wouldn't I wouldn't mind whatever it was um and then I would just have a bike computer and the bike was the main thing that would help me like so I could look at the computer to kind of know where I'm at and what speed I'm going and then for the run I'd just be like well I'm just running to the finish so yeah um but yeah I've made that mistake a few times and thought oh my gosh yeah gets caught really tight over it it's it's worth I just yeah especially with how big the watches are nowadays maybe I do need to ditch it for race day yeah definitely like it's great for training you know you'll get your overall kind of times and stuff at the end anyway because you'll have a chip on um I guess that's a good point as well. You'll have your ankle timing chip and make do try if you can and make sure that's under your wetsuit, even if your wetsuit is kind of chopped at the ankles, because then at least it's holding it on. I've definitely heard it's never happened to me, but I've heard of people losing their ankle timing chip in the water. Um, it usually has Velcro on it, but I used to put a safety pin through it as well. Um, just make sure that the safety pin isn't pushing into your ankle push it out of your ankle so that then at least if it does come undone you're not going to get spiked by it so we've spoken a lot about the I guess the event day and what to do during the race what are the tips for trainings I think if someone's got a marathon coming up it's so easy to go online and just download a standard marathon training plan but for triathlon there's obviously the three different disciplines Hmm. um do you recommend practicing more on the disciplines that you're not as strong at do you recommend an equal split how how do you kind of advise people to train for these events I the best thing I would say is yes exactly what you said making sure that you're not just practicing the one that you love all the time so if you're a runner by trade you'll kind of go oh lovely I'll, I'll always do the running session like no that's not the one you should be practicing you should be getting in the pool and doing the thing that you actually really struggle with so definitely definitely do a strength weaknesses analysis or whatever you want to do and then figure out yeah this is the one that I'm not so happy with but then it's building your training week in like the one thing that that 
helps people is planning their training week, looking and aiming to just get consistency across all the disciplines um, and really, really building in and just being smart with it. So, you know, you're not doing a hard run session and a hard bike session on the same day. That's just stupid. Like your body won't cope. Categorically, you always need to have one rest day a week. And when I say rest day, I mean a rest day, like absolutely nothing on that day, not even stretching, Pilates, yoga, whatever. Like this is your day to actually just adapt and get all of those gains because people just don't respect that within triathlon. And that's why people get overuse injuries. Like the physio in me is like, that's the first thing I say to people. Like if you're on a training program with me, you are getting a full rest day a week. And if you can't cope with that, I'm not training you because that's just not going to work. So building your week in and maybe trying to do, usually I'd say to people, say your swim is the weakest, try and do three swims a week because that's something that you really need to work on and you need to have regular kind of input with and practice and that will that's what's going to make you feel confident plus then if you can't get the consistency of that week because of work or kids or whatever then actually even if you still do two that week that's still fairly good and then I would say so say you are um, you're a runner by trade and you're coming into triathlon I would say aim for three swims a week um, one of them technique based one of them aerobic and one of them with a little bit of speed work and building up to a distance that you would need to do in the triathlon so if you need to swim 400 meters you know you need to be able to do that continuously in training um, and you can swap that in and out if you want to do a lake swim um, as well, depending on what triathlon you've entered. Then biking, um, if you were a runner, I would say, yeah, OK, do two sets of bikes um, and then try and do one run or two runs um, a week. What you can do is link two of them together. And this is the next point that I say is the most important is a brick session. So that's practicing running off the bike. Um, one of my favorite sessions that sounds really daunting, but used to really get you fit for practicing to run off the bike was what we call the double brick session. So it's a bike run, bike run. And it doesn't need to be hours. You could do 20 minutes of cycling and you could do it at the gym or you can do it outside at home from the garage or whatever and practice transitions in between. You could do 20 20 minute bike, 10 minute run, you know, 20 minute bike, 10 minute slightly faster run might be an hour. Those kinds of brick training sessions are like categorically the best thing that you can do for, for practice in triathlon, because they're the things when you start getting off the bike in the actual race, you'll go, oh my God, my legs feel like jelly. And you need to be able to kind of harness that and go, no, it's okay. I've practiced that before. And that's what I'm going to do in this for the next 5k or so so yeah they're my definitely top tips for training and just making sure that you you have days where you are more restful than others and where you are not you know battering yourself every day and kind of doing really hard training sessions back to back you can usually get away with a you know like a hard running session maybe i don't know tuesday night into like a slightly harder um swim session in the morning because ultimately you know you're swimming and you're not using quite as much um you know, it's not just not as high intensity, really, is it? Yeah, I think I can imagine it's so easy to go over the top with triathlon because you've got three yes. sports to do and just try and fit them in. And a week is actually quite challenging. Yeah, definitely. And people, I'll always bang on about relative energy deficiency in sport, Red S. Um, and, you know, that is chronic in endurance athletes and it's chronic in triathletes because they don't respect their bodies and they don't understand the ability to rest and they don't see that actually you don't have more miles in cycling or running or swimming more miles does not mean that you're a better performer you can still have excellent high quality sessions and you know you keep the easy days easy and the hard days hard um and you know you can still train I don't think I ever ran more than about 20 miles a week 
and and I was training up to like Olympic distance triathlon and you don't need to be riding you know 200 miles a week like more hours on the turbo does not mean that you're going to be a better performer you know if you're doing e-racing great get on the turbo but if you're going outside to do your biking you need to be outside doing your biking and get used to all different weathers because that's what's going to get your technical ability stronger they're all the things that you'll be working on in a really easy ride is your technical ability your ability to deal with the nutrition that you need to take on or your ability to just control the bike outside you know yeah and I think that's true for the swimming as well if you're swimming in open water to actually practice swimming in open water and that leads me to my final question which is any tips for swimming in a straight line that is difficult (laughs) yeah um it will very 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 much depend on your technique to start off with and I, I can categorically say I have not always been very good at this if you can and you're coming from a background where you're not like the strongest swimmer but you can kind of get through it I definitely say see if you can get some lessons because some lessons are really helpful in the pool and potentially if you can um, at least get somebody to look at your swimming in a lake quite often lakes will now have like some kind of coach session and stuff there and people will watch you Um, because it is quite different but if you get better technique in the swimming pool then you'll get better technique and more efficiency in the open water swimming as well Um, I would always say try and breathe to both sides. So again, if you can get breathing to both sides every three strokes, maybe or every five strokes in the pool, that will transfer much better over into open water swimming. Um, There's different techniques for open water swimming. um, But I used to kind of breathe slightly to the side um, and then pull my head up and look forward and then go straight back down into the stroke. People will do it slightly differently. And again, watch some videos and stuff about open water swimming online. That will really, really help. And there's always different techniques. I think Swim Smooth probably have some videos um, for open water swimming technique too. But breathing and regularly sighting and looking ahead is the best thing you can do. Don't just follow everybody else. I've definitely like because often when you start off you're in a group and there might be 20 people starting of a swim actually I think that's probably a bit different now because of COVID because you'll be set off you know every 20 seconds or so but if you are near another swimmer quite often you see them and you're like oh great I'm going to get in behind them and try and draft and in my swimming and then you just follow them and if they're going of course so are you so you know don't believe anybody just look for the boy and make sure you can see the boy and if you can't see it don't just you know believe that you've seen it actually stop do a breaststrokes stroke look up find it and then get going again so it's much better to do that than veer off course and then have to come back in to get onto the course and you've actually swum you know double the distance and you should have swum um and you know I, I don't have any I wouldn't have any vulnerability or worry about you know doing a little bit of breaststroke here and there if you need to just catch your breath or um just make sure that you know where exactly where you're going yeah, I think that that's so true. And I think there's no point spending all this time training to do fast swimming and then not having practice swimming in a straight line and getting your technique right and losing all that time yeah. swimming twice the distance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Great. That's been so helpful. Um, very helpful for me and hopefully for everyone listening. Is there any final tips or advice that you wanted to share for anyone? Um, I guess seasoned triathletes or those kind of planning for their first one coming up? Um, it should be fun. So if it's not fun, don't do it. You know, training shouldn't be a chore. We should be doing it because we enjoy sport. Again, don't get sucked into that. You know, I need to do more. I need to do more. Now it's really stressful. There are ways of of making this fun, believe it or not. So yeah, just uh, the top tips that I always say, join a club, make it social, 
chat to other people with loads more experience around you um and just enjoy it you know that's that's what sport's about none of us are going to be olympic athletes we don't need to be you know we've all got jobs so that's why we do sport is our outlay for that (laughs) excellent thanks so much and if people want to um find more about you find you on social media where can i direct them to so um my website is www.becky-hair.co.uk or my instagram um which has a lot of free resources and strength videos and that kind of stuff is at try t-r-i underscore raving r-a-v-i-n-g great thanks so much sweet thank you very much amy many thanks to becky for answering all my triathlon questions and helping me feel a little bit more prepared for my event in a couple of weeks time You can find Becky on Instagram by searching try underscore raving or you can visit becky-hair.co.uk. You can also visit my website at marathonmedic.com where you'll find other podcast episodes, blog posts, running routes and session ideas. Thanks so much for listening. 